Welcome to the Audiobook Lovin' Series, a month-long event celebrating the authors and narrators that bring romance stories to life. Listen along as Viviana, Enchantress of Books, interviews your favorite writers and voices, share special guest posts, and stay tuned for some special information at the conclusion of the episode. Hi, everyone. Today, I have the pleasure of chatting with guest author Ava Harrison. Welcome to Audiobook Lovin' Series. Ava, how are you doing today? I am good. How are you? Well, thank you. I'm excited. I know that you uh, spoke with Shane on the Shane East Meets a few months ago, but now I get to have you. So <laughs> I am excited to be here. Yes. Thank you. So um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been writing and how you got started as an author? Okay. Well, that's a long twisted story. I started writing as most people do as a little girl. I would sit and just come up with crazy stories in my head. But back then, you know, I was a kid and that didn't get me very far. And then I got a little older and I was in college and I wrote short stories then as well. And that actually was uh, interesting because I used to leave the short stories around the house and I've always written in first person, present tense. So when my mom found those short stories, oh she assumed that they were my <laughs> diaries. <laughs> so that was interesting also. And then, you know, as I got older, I actually went into marketing in New York and stopped doing that when I had children and then decided to pick it back up because I was such a big reader and I had all these unfinished manuscripts that I had started in my early 20s. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and it kind of went from there. And I published my first book in 2015. And it's actually um, it was May of 2015. Wow, it's been five years. Wow. And yeah. And so, you know, it just kind of, it, it was supposed to be a, like, you know, one of those things where I published my first book, I wasn't going to write another one. It was kind of something that I had always wanted to do, as I said, since I was a little girl and I just wanted to know that I could do it. And so after that first book, I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do this again. And then as all, I'm sure most authors will tell you another story, another set of characters jumped in my head. And then I wrote that book. And then it happened again <laughs> and again. And eventually I realized, oh, no, no, I'm just going to just do this full time. Right. And so that's where I'm at. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, when it works out, that's awesome. You know. And now the voices don't shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so I, it, um, authors say that all the time that the characters come to them and start talking to them. Is that how it happens with you, too? So usually it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily happen like that. A lot of the times I'm inspired by images, right? And so like, for example, the first time I had written a bunch of books that were, you know, more women's fiction-y. And then I saw a picture of this man in a suit and he was sitting in New York City on a stoop. And I was like, he looks like a therapist. And I'm like, and he looks like a therapist who would have an affair with his patient. And then I plotted out transference from that image. And that's basically where I've been ever since is I usually get an image first and then I will come up with a story in my head for that image. Sometimes it works the other way. Like, you know, I have an image in my head and then I write another book and one of the side characters starts to resemble that image that I had seen. And then from there, another story comes, but I'm very visual. And so, you know. But they do talk to me like I was a lot of the times when I'm writing one story, the character for the next story will talk to me. 
they like to keep your attention going, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, it's, I'm lucky in the sense that somebody's always talking to me because I would hate for it to be like, you know, crickets and nothing happening because then I would have nothing to write. And so I'm, I'm, I'm very happy and thankful that that's the level of my crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Not crazy, just creative. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, you had mentioned that, um, from a genre perspective, this the, the your genre that you write, it's contemporary romance, but it's also more, I don't want to say twist, but you really focus more on the realness of it all. Can you talk yeah, a little so, bit about that? Yeah, so I, I like to write real stories that would happen to real people. I, and I know we, I think Shane and I joked about it, if, if they were all billionaires, right? Like, so, <laughs> <laughs> real stories that happen to real people if everybody was a billionaire. and. I'm basically like my, but the type of like um, things I talk about in my books are usually things that aren't necessarily prevalent in romance novels. However, I feel like they give the characters almost like the three dimensional, like they're real people because they do have real struggles. Of course, being the fact that they're billionaires, but you know, other than that, <laughs> not all my characters are billionaires. I'm just joking. <laughs> All the men are. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, mm, and there it is. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, well, I think that's also kind of a little bit of a running joke now um, with some of us that, that love the, you know, the different genres is when it comes down to the billionaires, we always are told they're billionaires. Very few times does the author tell us exactly how they got the money, you know, whether it's an inheritance <laughs> or if, you know, there's been a few where there have been tech guys. I do. I exactly. will tell you, I, I do. I always get really involved in whether he's, you know, he runs a hedge fund or whether his grandfather had, a, you know, a textile business. Or now I'm writing more of the anti-hero. So they're all billionaires, but I'm very like, you know, I just uh, published a book in which he is the corrupt banker. So he runs the bank for the underworld. And that's how he got his billions. <laughs> <laughs> off of the interest of a mob boss you know uh, of course I mean how else? yeah of course but at least I told you how he exactly <laughs> which is good too because again it's just one of those like I've been alive for X amount of years and I have yet to do an internship with a billionaire I have yet to work in an office with a billionaire plus that looks how you guys write by the way let me add that caveat you know so it's like okay cool um you were saying that um the anti-hero what made you decide to go into that to write that style when you know that character you know it's funny so okay originally i wrote this book called entice right and entice is the story of grayson price and you know it's he is he falls for his um best friend's daughter okay and so when i was plotting out this story I really shouldn't even tell the story because it's so fun, so stupid. <laughs> I was plotting out this story with my um, close friend that I plot books with, and we couldn't think of a name like for her father, and so we decided to, and some other secondary characters. So we decided to use placeholders, and the placeholders were all characters from Gossip Girl. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why, but we were plotting and it was like really months ahead of like me writing the book. And I hadn't come up with River yet. And I hadn't come up with, well, Grace and I had already known, but like the other characters I didn't. So what other way would you do it? I did placeholders. And so in the first draft or, you know, of 
um, entice, her father was named Cyrus because that was his placeholder. And his last name was Reed. And I was writing and I'm at this party at one point in the book. I say it like I'm actually the character of River, right? <laughs> and she looks across the room and she sees her, her father's uh, cousin, who is a real like ruthless asshole. Sorry, can I say that? I'm yeah, 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 you're that, fine. Right? <laughs> and, and all of a sudden I was like, that's it. I have to change the name. That's Cyrus Reed. He's Cyrus Reed. And so I obviously changed her father's name to Tyler, which wasn't, you know, ruthless. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't sound like that, you know. <laughs> and that's where the name <laughs> Cyrus Reed was born, right? And I, I, it was just an offset. Like, it was like I was, she was at a party and she looked across. I don't even know why she looked across the room. Like, was it really that important that she looked at this? But it just was this line I wrote that she looked across the room and saw him. And then I changed the name. And the next thing you know, I was writing about it. I wanted to write about someone who was ruthless, you know? And so I went into write Jackson Price's story, which is a standalone off in the same series as Entice. And I was like, he's going to go to Cyrus Reed's house. Again, Cyrus Reed, this guy who was like, <laughs> was a placeholder in a book, right? <laughs> and I was like, he runs an underground, uh, like, poker game in which he cleans the money for his dirty clients. I, I don't know where the hell that came from. But next thing you know, I was writing a book about an antihero. And to be honest, I love, love reading mafia books. And I love reading like alpha asshole books. And so I was like, you know, I've written the jerk. I've written the sarcastic jerk. I've written the arrogant billionaire jerk. But you know what I haven't written? I haven't written that yet. You know, the, the guy you really need to hate because he really isn't a good guy, but he can be redeemable, right? But so I was like, I'm going to do this. And so that's what happened. Next thing you know, I wrote Corrupt Kingdom. And it was, you know, it's one of my favorite books because it's just, it's a book that I would love to read myself, right? It's just everything that I want in a book. And I just wrote it. And that's it. <laughs> when things align, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's so funny. <laughs> yeah. And to well, be honest, it's, mm -hmm. a modern, it's, it's a modern retelling of Hades and Persephone. Nice. Which is, it's, you know... Yeah, and I love Greek mythology too. And so I really like had this, you know, I had been reading something and I, you know, I was like, I want to write a modern retelling of Hades and Persephone. And so, you know, he kidnaps her in the beginning. And obviously the story is my story in the sense that I've made my own twist to it and put my own backstories. But it's that, you know, ultimate that like the concept of he sees her, he takes her, you know, and I just really wanted to write that type of story. Yeah. Almost like a cat. Um, see something once it takes it. <laughs> exactly. I don't know if Cyrus would like you calling him a cat, but <laughs> oh, well, I'm sure if you go into the whole like a jaguar or something like that, he might Maybe be a more predator-ish. You know? Yeah, exactly. More predator-ish. You know, in the night yeah. darkness of stuff. Yeah, it's all yeah. like it's for him to send me a text now via Facebook. Um, <laughs> like he has. Oh my God. Right. By, he, he sends text messages. He might send you one. I was going to imagine. I was like, what did you say you called me? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say pussycat. I just said a cat. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. A fierce one. Ex yes. Dark, you know, in, in the night prowler, you know, kind of thing. 
Um, yes, exactly. Just boys and their egos. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I had reached out to a few of your readers um, that I know love all about your stories and things like that. And one of them mentioned that your um, titles tend to be very one, you know, single word use. I know. And we actually, you know, it's funny when I was on the message with the, not the message, the call with Shane, yeah. he asked me a question about my upcoming book. And I was like, it's two words. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> I got crazy up in here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what is the, did you have a plan for it to be that way at the beginning? I or did. Just one? I okay. have to tell you, it was, yeah. it all came to me last summer. I mean, and like when I tell you it all came to me last summer because I was writing Entice in like May. So it was really May of last year. And when I, as soon as I came up with the fact that this guy was getting his own book and he was no longer going to be a placeholder, right? Mm -hmm. And as soon as I said that, I actually had like messaged um, my friend Lee Shen and I gave her like a little synopsis and I told her it was about Hades and Persephone. And actually, Lee was the one who gave me the title. I, you know, and I was like, because I had said to her, I want to make it two words. And she's like, wow, two words? And I said, <laughs> right? And yeah. I go, I know, crazy. But I felt like it needed its own new spin because this was going to be the anti-heroes, you know? And so she was like, corrupt kingdom. And that was it. It didn't even, like, it wasn't even like a long drawn out, like me hemming and hawing over the, it was like, okay, done. And she's like, wait, what? And I was like, yeah, no, it's done. And she's like, that was the fastest decision you've ever made. I'm like, okay, hold on. What do you think of this, mo like, this branding? <laughs> and then like five minutes later, I'm like, this is the cover image. She's like, we just came up with a title right now. And I'm like, yeah, I move really fast. <laughs> well, you know what you want and you know what you like, right? It I, it's, it's true. I'm, that's exactly, in every aspect of my life, I know exactly what I want. And I don't, I don't. I'm one of those people who like, even like with wedding, like when I was planning my wedding, it was like, people were like, this is the fastest any bride has ever picked out invitations. <laughs> and I was like, really? Like th this takes a long time. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I just know what I like and I know what I don't like. And so the moment she gave, said that title, I was like, thank you. And so, yes, I'm going to give her full credit. <laughs> she came up with the name corrupt kingdom. <laughs> Does that mean that now going forward in this new arc, I guess you want to call it? Because it's not serious. They're not like they're standalones, but they're within the same world. Is does that mean that there's going to be more books that are multi-word versus just one? Or are you going to go back? I don't want to give anything away. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. Okay. The next book I am writing, and I actually am starting on May first. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> um is a two-word title yeah it is yeah getting it's crazy all, again <laughs> it's all about branding I think it's you know we talk about the writing and the stories but when as an indie and as an indie author you are more in control of your brand and what you choose to you know name the books the images that you want to use the, the the covers back and forth all this stuff so you have complete more you know control of it um, the names of the, of the books are also really important. That is part of the brand. Yeah, 100%. And so when I came up with um, Corrupt Kingdom with Lee, 
I actually, when she said that name, I had come up with like, I don't want to like give anything away uh-huh. of how long my series yeah, no. is going to be. <laughs> and to be honest, I don't want to say it anyway, because let's be honest, you know, even though I came up with X, Y, Z amount of titles, for all you know, I'll get sidetracked and do something else, right? Exactly. However, I did come up with a bunch of storylines, a bunch of characters, a bunch of titles that uh, I did write down and save. So if I, you know, get inspired, you know, I can um, keep going in this series. But, I mean, you know, it's, it's a series of, it would be a series of standalone novels, but still, you know. It would be in the same vein, uh, writing about the anti, anti, I can't pronounce it right now. <laughs> <laughs> the anti-hero. <laughs> the anti-hero. I just can't say that word for some reason. But yeah, yeah, it would be like writing about the villains, basically. Yeah. The, the other thing that they were talking about when it comes down to your books and your book covers is not only the, the single title, you know, single word title, but also your images. You, all your books, as of right now, until, you know, unless you throw us a curveball, um, <laughs> have been single image, black and white, very good looking males. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> They're you know, easy on the eyes. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Um, and th- that again, it kind of stands out. Um, I will also say that these images are not some that are, I've seen over and over and over again. So that's also a good thing. No, yeah. 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 What made you decide to go that route? Again, it all stems from transference, okay? So before transference, I had written two books that um, were more women's fiction. I mean, they are romance, but they were more women's fiction. And there were women on the covers. And when I saw the cover of transference, I just fell in love with it. And it became almost like the, the turn in my career when I started to write a different type of book, right? Mm-hmm. More romance focused. I mean, I wouldn't say my books are a hundred percent romance focused in the sense that like the story arc is usually more about the individual's growth, you know, the character growth separately and then together. But, um, so I just, I started off with this, like being inspired by like the main character, the man in the story. I don't, I don't even know how that happened, but it just kind of like took off from then, you know, and that's like what inspires me now is like, the next cover after Transference was Illicit, which is Chad Hurst. And I, um, and it just kept growing, right? And then it became mm-hmm. part of my branding, right? It was like, how do you change it after, <laughs> I think we're 10 books, <laughs> it's like 10 books now. And yeah. so I'm like, oh, well, maybe I'll do something different. But then, uh, you know, I get mm-hmm. inspired all over again. I said I was going to do something different. And I already bought the cover for my next book, right? And I, spoiler alert, it's black and white, and it's a man. <laughs> it's weird. I don't know how that happened. I know. It's like, how, how could we have predicted that? <laughs> you know, I really don't think you could have. I, I really feel like this was like a game changer. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, like when, we like when things are consistent, and especially when it's part of a, you know, even though they, it's a standalone, but it's within the same vein or the same world building, to have some something that's consistent that we can automatically say that's an Ava book. Well, I also think that my books have a whether or not they're a little snarkier, a little funnier, a little lighter, a little darker, a villain. What no matter what, I feel like there's a level of darkness in the writing. Not I'm not talking about like a dark romance where you know people are you know 
yeah. being whipped with chains and stuff. I'm talking emotionally dark, okay? And I think that the best way to convey to the audience that you're writing an emotionally dark book that deals with tough topics, I think that the branding has to match. I'm not going to put a, uh, like a cartoon picture on my book. I feel like that wouldn't necessarily depict what's inside the story. And so I feel like if, cause I don't, I'm not one, I'm not against trigger warnings, for example, and I've never come to the position where I feel like I need to put one yet. But I feel like also most people go into my books knowing what they're going to get. They know it's going to be an angsty book, more emotional because of the cover mm-hmm. and the blurb. Yeah. And so I think it's important as long as I'm writing books the way that I'm writing them to keep with the branding so that no one's confused. And that definitely helps the listeners and the readers. I know that when we think of those more cute, car- you know, like animated or cartoonish, you know, covers automatically, we're thinking rom-com. Or yeah, could you imagine if you like <laughs> saw my cute, like a, if I had like a really cute picture and then you opened it and you're like, oh, oh, okay. Oh, okay. boss, okay. <laughs> so that's what happens in a rom-com, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think that that's another reason I stick to what I know. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the titles, the coloring, the fonts, those things can change. But I feel like until I'm writing a book that is laugh out loud funny. And I'm not talking about one snarky comment here or there that makes you laugh. Because yes, there are, I have had books that have had snarky banter that make the readers laugh 100%. But like two chapters later, someone dies. <laughs> you <Yeah. know>? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Oops. Oopsie. Yeah. <laughs> not the rom-com we were thinking about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that wasn't, that, I don't think that goes with the character, like, you know, a characterized image of like a, uh, I don't know, a turtle. <laughs> but I don't really think it matches the brand. Exactly. Um, the other thing too that you have to kind of do when you are doing the audiobooks is you have to select the narrators. Um, oh, so yeah, that's a big, big, mm-hmm. big job. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, uh, I mean, we all have our favorites. And I'm not going to put you on the spot for you to tell us who yours are, but I will. I'm quite that. partial to a certain Brit, but yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think he knows that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is, and you know, it is, I, I, I text Shane all the time. Like, so do you do French? And he's like, do you want me to do French? I'm like, I kind of want you to do French. Like, and I'll just like text him like, so I think I should do this. I, could you, can you do this accent? He's like, <laughs> or you can hire an American to like do the American <laughs> accent. And I'm like, fine. Oh God. So annoying. <laughs> I know. Right. I mean like, hello. Yeah. But he's such a pleasure to work with. Right. Yes. And he's, and he, you know, it's, he's, I've also gotten to know him right from mm-hmm. doing signings and calls and stuff. And so working with him is always a pleasure. I have other narrators I work with a lot. And that other narrators I love. And then there's a lot of narrators that I want to work with. I just don't write fast enough. So even Shane, when I was talking to him, I don't know. I was like, I really want to hire you for, can you keep me open for fall? But then my schedule backs up and it keeps backing up. And now we're not looking at fall anymore because I can't write that book, right? Like that book that I have in my head for him, now we're looking at winter. And so it's hard, you know, I mean, I always come up with my narrators before I start to write my book. I refuse to write my books if I don't know who the narrator is, (laughs) because I consider audio to be such a large part of the experience. 
And so I don't want to have to like write a book and then have to change the voice because the narrator doesn't deliver the line the way I thought it would be. I think it's just easier, you know, and, but I also, it's a little bit different. I have the luxury of doing that because I produce my own audio, you know, with a production company, of course, because I'm not that talented. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot of work. (laughs) Right. I have no idea. All I know is that I love lyric audiobooks and that they do the work for me. But, um, you know, it's one of those things that I do think about the narrators beforehand so that I'm writing for their type of humor or their type of emotion, whatever they do. And, um, I mean, I'm lucky to do that. I mean, I guess a lot of people like, you know, if you sell your rights, I guess you can't do that. (laughs) Yeah. It's interesting how, you know, we're still in that world where the author doesn't have a whole lot of say when it comes down to some of the publishing decisions. Yeah. But this is also where it's a good pro con list of going indie, you know, figuring yeah. out if it's worth it or not. Um, when you write the books and you're saying that you are, have already more or less selected the, the narrative. I've already, like, I've already hired. So <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going <laughs> to, I, um, I, I'm not going to say which, um, which, no, which narrators I hired for my next book, which I'll give you the initials. Uh, but it's subject to change if I get a moody, you know, uh, it's, the initials are T E. Wait, hold on. Let me make sure that's correct. <laughs> yeah. Can- <laughs> would you like, how funny would it be if it wasn't not actually, let's look at the mock-up because I actually have the mock, no, I'm not going to look at the mock-up because I can't show you guys of the cover yeah. again. Right. <laughs> I have- yeah. It's T E. <laughs> okay. I have the image. I have the cover. And I have the narrators hired. And, you know, that's why I feel comfortable starting to write my book on May 1st, you know? Because I know that I'm prepared for, you know, the voices to come to me. And so I'm in the process of plotting it now with those voices in my head. Yeah. So you hear the the narrator. So for Corrupt Kingdom, it was Sebastian York and Ava Erickson. Yes. And I... I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure everybody realizes that at this point that I love Sebastian York, right? He is. Yes, a, yes a bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love him. He, we've done, I think this is our third, uh, one, two, third book we just did, right? Corrupt Kingdom. And he is my go-to for a certain character. So I love to write the older man, younger woman trope. And so whenever I'm doing an older man, younger woman trope, he's who I I go to. So if you see like Sebastian York is <laughs> on the roster, you could be like, oh, oh he's older. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? Got it. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like, like if you see that I'm like, well, obviously if you see that Shane East, if I like make an announcement that Shane East is next, right? Then you're like, oh, she's writing a British man, right? Yes. Um, but, and I have different people that I choose if the woman is going to be in the same age bracket as the main like so when I did Absolution I used Grace Grant and Sebastian York right and they were closer in age it wasn't really necessarily like he was late 30s and she was you know early 30s type thing you know what I mean it's like I I have voices that I choose for certain ages and Ava Erickson just has this flowery beautiful gorgeous young voice and she and also she just is just such her voice makes me smile. 
You know, it's just one of those voices. And I mean, I love every narrator. Obviously, I love working with Andy. Andy has a beautiful voice. Everybody I've ever worked with, they're amazing. But, you know, it's like a lot of the times, depending on what the character is, you'll see, like, I had Andy recently narrate Conceal, and Willow was this, like, kick-ass, like, girl, but she was very emotional at the same time internally, and Andy made me cry. Every time I listened to Andy speak in that book, I was like crying because she is so damn good, you know, and she just did the role so well. And so, you know, so you, you can, if you, when I tell the, char- the, the narrator, you can, you can get a glimpse of what the characters are going to be like, you know? Yeah. And it's definitely um, a good hint, um, <laughs> except that nowadays the narrators are doing significantly more. Um, the different um, accents. So, for example, Shane has been now known to do a lot of Scottish and Irish. Um, Zach, I know. Yeah, Zach <laughs> and is French. Yeah, and French too <laughs> now. Yeah, exactly. And like Zachary Weber does a, a really good Brit ac- accent too. Um, and let's see, uh, Jason Clark is another one. I don't think you've had Jason. I haven't. Oh, you should. should I I should put him in my uh, 2021. Yes, yes, yes. He does a really good. My roster. Yeah, 2021, exactly. What kind of character do you think he does best? Let's see. Right towards him. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Actually, you know what? He has such a range that he could be the nice guy next door um, to the guy that is the evil villain with the growly. Yeah, he has a really really good growly voice for that (laughs) when he wants to. I'm good. Which is your favorite growly voice of his? Because I'm going to have to listen to it now. Oh, ooh. Hmm. That's a good one. Now I put you on the spot. How do you like that? (laughs) (laughs) Love you. Um, (laughs) well, he does it again. It's just one of, I've heard him. He's done. Let's see. Where was it? Lauren Blakely has done a few with him where it's, you know, he's the nice guy and everything, but when it comes down to the bedrooms, like young, uh, growling. <laughs> <and, laughs> like, ooh, did not expect that. Good. Um, and then there's this other one I'm trying to see. He did it with Ava Lucas and it was uh, like two short novellas and they were, he was royalty kind of thing and a bit of, uh, not an ass, but full of <laughs> and, I, and uh, No, you could say ass and I'm going to yeah. be like, okay, ooh. I did it. <laughs> Wait, you're you're an ass? Okay, I'm all for it. Oh I'm yeah, for he, he can. Like I said, he has such a range. So it's just one of those where, when it comes to casting him, I am all for you know open interpretation, you know, as to what you yeah. want. Yeah. Well, he that's like Zach Weber too. He is so good. Oh my god, and he delivers a funny line. Like I had him playing um, Jackson Price in Conceal, and Jackson is just one of those like funny, sarcastic guys. And he's just so good. So good. I mean, I, I mean, there's so many amazing narrators out there. And, you know, they're just, it, it's, it, I think it's so much fun, though. That's why I like to do it the way I do it. Because it's so much fun to hear their voice in your head. And, like, I had a great time writing for Shane, right? And, like, mm-hmm. thinking about how he was going to say that line because of <laughs> his accent and all of that. And he made fun of me when I told him that. <laughs> A lot, oh. but like you know, I was like, so that's what you sound like in my head when you <laughs> I yeah. hear it. <laughs> well, it's the same thing. I mean, I, I read some books where I'm editing something, and I and it, and I've been told that he's going to be the narrator. I automatically hear him 
in my mm-hmm. head as I'm reading. And it's just one of those, it's, it's eerie. Um, because <laughs> I don't have the, and I'm hearing him literally in my head and I'm like, get out. <laughs> get out of my head. head. Um, but no, he is a, he's a dear. I adore him. But yeah, it's, it's definitely Absolutely. one of those things where yeah. the narrator is important. I mean, I'm a firm believer that the narrator can either make it or break it. You know, the hundred percent. A hundred percent. I agree. A hundred percent. And even the narrator, like all the narrators I've ever used, even the ones when I did sell my rights were always amazing. And I was lucky when I sold a few of my books too. I sold a book to Audible and I sold one to Tantor. And I was lucky that I did have the choice of narrators. So it still was the same, right? Like I, I had ability to pick my narrators. Yeah. This is always a good thing when you have them. Yes. A hundred percent. I also like having to like bringing in like discovering new narrators. Do you get like all excited about that too when you've discovered a new one? So has- I've yet to discover. <laughs> well, I don't know. Actually, I you know what I I believe I was no that was just no no I, I have yet to discover a new narrator. Everybody always discovers them first, but <laughs> well, need, but I need to you because the other thing too, you know. <laughs> but like there are, I have a list of narrators that I've met because I was lucky enough to go to the sofas and meet a lot of narrators and get to know them and like have put them on the list of future projects, right? Like not every project will fall. Like a lot of the times things happen, you write books, you write characters, you already have voices in your head and I'm, you're, I'm looking a year out half the time, right? But I was lucky enough to meet so many amazing narrators when I was, um, in LA that in my head, I'm like, I need to work with this one, this one, this one, this one. <laughs> I just don't have enough time. <laughs> yeah. I want to write faster. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, I think it was, um, yeah, it was Shane actually. I'm talking way too much to Shane. No, um, <laughs> be darn. Um, I think it's just one of those, like, he goes like, oh yeah, I'm so busy. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, see, this is what happens when you're that good. You know, yeah. <laughs> they get booked, which is a good thing. Well, but. that's one of the things that happens. So I don't, Okay, so like my schedule has changed since making Audible audio, sorry, audio a priority, right? I have to have my books done two months before. So it like I had my book done, it released, you know, it might have released April 11th, 12th, I don't know when it released, but six weeks before it was in Sebastian York's hand, minimum right? A minimum of six weeks. And so it changes the way because it's important the way, you know, I never did that. I used to write my book and then it would go to the editors and then it'd come back from the editors. And then I'd be like, Oh, I guess I push publish. Right. You know, <laughs> oops. But now with like the audible, um, pre-orders and, you know, getting it live on time and everything, it's a situation where I have to, I need to book out my narrators so far in advance. You know? Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's important because I know that one of our, the pet peeves of the, of the listeners is that it doesn't seem like some of the authors get that it's nice if the ebook and the audiobook come up together because the perception is that you might think that the audiobook is not as important, which means that you think that the listener is not as important, which is I, not the case. Know it's, it's not the case. It's just a lot of work. Exactly. Honestly. Yes. It, it, I don't think anybody realizes, listen, I do it because it's important to me to do it, but it changed my whole entire mm-hmm. schedule. And the stress levels are higher because of that. 
I used to write a book and, you know, if I released two books a year or three books a year, I had that, I, if every book I have to dedicate eight weeks for audio, right? Like I'm saying, like, if you were to do a safe bet is eight weeks, right? I always push it with six. Living <laughs> <laughs> right? dangerously. I live dangerously, <laughs> but I always give, right? I do. But it's a safe bet is to always have that book to the narrator eight weeks early, right? That's two months. Two months times three books, right? Yeah. Yep. I mean, that is stressful because you have to write your book and I need to take a break. My books exhaust me and I cannot physically start. I stopped writing, well, not stop writing. I gave Corrupt Kingdom on March 1st to Sebastian and Ava, okay? I'm not writing again until May 1st. That's a two-month break. Now, one month of it is solely because I have to promote said book, right? I have to do all I have to do all the back end stuff, I have to do all the promotions, I have to do, you know, everything it takes to be an indie. So technically I could have started in April, but then again, April's release month. So who's who has the concentration to start writing? You know, and I have to plot it. So it it changes everything. It's like it's I think that's one of the things like and I, I feel bad because sometimes listeners are like, what do you mean there's no audio? Right. But I think that one of the things we need to remember is that it really is, it changes everything and it is so important, but it's not a luxury that everybody has timing wise to have it simultaneous release. Yes. I think that's one of the reasons why I do love having this podcast and the series for audiobook loving. And that's kind of how I started was to be able to share how the process works and how the process, you know, has um, differed, you know, in the, as every year, every year, something yeah. new pops up. And I love the fact that we have the options now of doing an audiobooks and that you guys are thinking about when you're writing the, you know, already have the narrator in, in mind as far as yeah. it makes the, the book a lot. Like it, there's like an extra notch of awesomeness when that happens because it, it just a well, it's well matched. But yeah. I also, that's the other thing too, I tell the, the listeners when they're starting to the whole like, and I'm like, chill. I it is a lot. And it also yeah. changes the way you write a book. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I, right? I don't write the same way. If you pick up Transference, which was my first audio, right? And that wasn't simultaneous. And that was, it wasn't, it wasn't, I wasn't, I, I'm very happy with that production. It was beautifully done. You know, the narrators were fantastic. It was sold to Tanser. It was months later, right? It wasn't written with audio in mind. And you can see the difference in how much dialogue and banter I now write into my books as opposed to then. Because there's something special about listening to narrators like Shane or Zach or Sebastian or Jason Clark. You know, it's, there's something, or for example, the women, Andy and Ava, right? There's something, Grace, everybody. There's something special about listening to the way they banter and they do the dialogue and the way they make it come alive and how they are sarcastic and quick-witted. And so it changes the way you write. I mean, sometimes I toy with the idea of like doing multicast and making it really fun, right? But that's like a whole nother realm. Oh, yeah. Right? And then there's the, not dual, duet, right? Duet. Which is the one where you have them in together. 
Yes. They're doing, and that's another way of changing how you write. So when you're going to write that book, you have to change how you write again. And, and I always think about doing these things, but it's, I think that it, it's a learning curve to how to do it properly. Like Lauren Blakely does it amazing. She is amazing at it. But, you know, I don't know if my books would lend well to that yet. But it's like you constantly, like, you know, doing the audiobook, it changes the way you promote. It changes the way you write. It changes the way you market. It changes everything. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it's there. The listeners are starting to learn a little bit more because you guys are sharing, you know, part of the process, whether you're going through it or for or interviews like this, that it's, it's a luxury and it's a perk and it's a benefit for sure, but not everybody has it, you know, and I yeah. much rather wait for a book to be um, completely written and done or produced and from an audio perspective correctly and with the right cast versus having the author rush it and give me something that's meh, you know? Yeah, <laughs> so, I, I agree. <laughs> the whole process is, it's really, it's a lot. And I love the fact that the more authors are getting more in, into doing them in audio and thinking that way and giving us the banter because there's nothing better than, and I really can't wait until one of your books is done in duets um, because that's I know, I have to, you know what I have to, I'm going to have to like talk to someone who's done duet and pick their brain on what's the, like, how is it the best way to write a duet book? Because I, I always joke, I actually made a joke, again, we go back to Shane, about, I was like, you know what, maybe I will um, narrate my own books and we'll fly, I'll fly to LA and we could do a duet. <laughs> 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 or maybe I'll just have a cameo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not really narrating my own books, but... Yeah. <laughs> But it's it's still um it's it's a skill set. I I know that I have I was never really I had to like read in front of people and I much I am more confident when I'm just in my own head versus speaking out loud. And, yeah. And even like with these interviews, I have a script in front of me. I have the questions in front of me, and I still stumble, you know. And I have my tick words like um and so and awesome. Those are my three. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> So I think this, everybody does. Yeah. So at this point, I'm going, I'll let the, you know, the Lucy Rivers and the Virginia Roses and the Andy Irons and the Shanes and the Joes, let's, I'll let them do their thing because they're good at it. And I will you do You know what? Thing. It's 100% true. I was, I obviously was joking when I said I would yeah. never write my own book. I would never because as much as it would sound like a really fun idea, it would be horrible. <laughs> But it would be fun to just be there while they're doing it, do it style. That is true. Yeah. Make a big party out of it, drink champagne. <laughs> In my head, it's really glamorous. <laughs> but you gotta be careful if the champagne comes into play before they're finished recording or during a recording, because that's how about the last? Add... How about the epilogue? We'll do okay. the epilogue. <laughs> yeah, because at that point, it's gonna be making for a really interesting recording session. You know, it'd be it'd be, it'd be fun for the bloopers. That is true. Yes, that is true. Oh my goodness, that sounds like fun. I want to go. Um, <laughs> if I ever do it, I will invite you. You'll come. Oh, thank you. We'll have I'll, a big party. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll either bring some, you know, I'll do some food and or I'll bring you your favorite <laughs> champagne. What is your favorite champagne? Because you like the oh champagne, right? You know what? I actually had this question asked during a live video. And my response is, I, I listen, there's a lot, okay? I, but there's some of them. I, I actually responded back with my favorite one. I can't pronounce. 
I don't I, I don't have a nice French accent and I don't want anybody to make fun of my really poor French accent. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I so I, I responded back. I'm going to respond with my favorite um, sparkling from California instead. <laughs> <laughs> I have a bunch. OK, so obviously like Vouve Clicquot, right? Like that one is one of my favorites, but obviously Dom. Right. And um, I like. There is one that I love that's from Napa and it is, um, hold on a minute. I forgot what it is. It's the sparkling from Napa that I love. And I, I love it so much because they carry it at every restaurant. Um, oh, nice. I think it's Moet and Chandon. They carry it in every restaurant in a slit. So it's only, it's the, ro- it's the Brut Rosé and it's, oh no, actually maybe it is from France. I don't even know. Um, now I'm looking it up because this is going to drive me crazy <laughs> and I'm trying to think if it was where it was from. Yeah, no, it, it totally is from France. I totally mm-hmm. just totally lied. And they make these splits and they're in this brute rosé that I love. And it's just one glass and I'm able to stock my kitchen with it. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I actually once time took a picture of what my kitchen, my, my fridge looks like. I had like 40 something small, cause remember they're only a glass each, 40 something yeah. bottles. And uh, yeah, there's like five since <laughs> we started quarantine. <laughs> it's really embarrassing. No, <laughs> it's a bit embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not like we've only been in quarantine for a couple of days. It's been a few weeks. So I mean, we've been in quarantine for forever. Ever, exactly. Yeah. So you're fine. And there's some yes. ways. So yes. Okay. So the Moet and Chandon is from France and it is a Brut Rosé that it's my favorite little tiny split. And it has one glass. It has a pink label and you can drink it by yourself and not feel like you're wasting it. And it's the perfect accompaniment to a night home with Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to expand my um, drinks, you know, mixed knowledge and stuff like that. Because I usually am the girl that does the, the Fuzzy Navel or the Bahama Mama, or I'll do like the beer <laughs> for the Corona. Um, and, and I like my wines that are, are the whites and usually are the, uh, the sweet wines. So it, the Rieslings. Yeah. So I'm trying to expand, you know, the different types of, you know, alcohol that are out there when it comes down to things like the champagne, because I think I recently just found one that I was like, oh, okay, not too bitter. Um, doesn't give you that toughness in the back of the throat kind of thing. Uh, well, that's the nice thing about a Brut Rosé. Yeah. So the, ro- it's, it's, you know, I'm sure you've had a Rosé before. Yeah. And so it's just a sparkling Rosé. So it has yeah. that like sweetness to it, but a little mm-hmm. bit of that, you know, dryness at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so I've moved, I've moved from champagne to drinking Brut Rosés if I, it's, if, if it's an option now, because mm-hmm. I found that I can't drink as much if it's too dry. I mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We all have our own taste and stuff like that. I know people are like scotch and bourbon and I'm, and I've tried that too. And, and tequila. Going, and there's yeah. people who love tequila. My husband loves tequila. There is and one tequila always, that I like. Uh, and I'm telling you, I can't drink yeah. tequila. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the tequila that I like, and I'll send you the, the, the label on it so you can check it out. It's, um, it's not your traditional tequila taste, which is why I like it. 
because otherwise I would have been not a fan. I um, can't drink tequila since college. That's it. Oh, That's wow. all I'm going to say. I think I'm not. <laughs> um, <laughs> one, bad, one bad story and that's enough. <laughs> exactly. Hey, that's sometimes that's all we need. <laughs> one bad story. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, uh, there's nothing worse than finding a drink that you like and then not being able to find it anywhere in the store. I found a port in, um, that I was staying at a B&B in, in Savannah, Georgia, and I tried it and I loved it. And it's nowhere here in Florida where I can find it. You know what you do? You go to your local. This is what I did with the champagne that I like with the little tiny bottles that they only uh-huh. carry in restaurants, right? Yeah. I um, told them what I liked. I went to the local, like, uh, what is it called? <laughs> Liquor store. Yeah. And I told them exactly what I wanted. And they came, they called me on the phone like a week later. And they said, we will be able to get that for you, but you have to buy a case. Mm-hmm. And I said, make it two. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And I, they said, Oh, you want, you, you're okay with that. And I said, how much is it? You know? And he told me and it's not expensive, you know? And he, I mean, it wasn't cheap, but it wasn't as expensive as I thought it was going to be. And I was right. like, you know what? Good this idea. is going to get me a long time. It's, I, you know, I have two cases now it's 40 something, uh, little tiny glasses. And again, it made me, it's like one of night for quarantine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, but it also makes you happy, just like the audiobooks. I mean, people are always like, "Are you listening to another audiobook? Are you are you reading another book?" Yes. Oh. So it's oh. just like, this is what I like, and that's what. No, you I like. don't have enough. <laughs> yeah, there is no such thing as enough. And I think no. that um, that there's electronic devices because I'm at a point now where I don't buy the paperbacks unless I love the story and or the author mm-hmm. or the author. Um, I'm the same. <laughs> yeah, and, and usually it's because I'm going to see them at an event, and I'm going to get them to write my name on it. Um, <laughs> well, that's like, that's the truth, it. right? And, and also, the truth of the matter is, we read too much. It we is. We read yeah. so much. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I, I read well with not even including the millions of hours I spend binge watching Netflix. I read at least a book a night. Oh, wow. I can't buy a book a night, right? I mean, maybe. T- <laughs> I mean, maybe it's, maybe I read a book every two days now because of everything with the TV and stuff. I've been watching a lot of TV, (laughs) but but, you know, I mean, that's a lot of books. It is. Yeah. And I know that some of them, some people go through these books like they do two a day. Granted, they speed up the the narration, which I personally do not do, nor do I like, because it's, I'm not going to speed up Shane. I'm not going to speed up Sebastian or Nandy or anything like that, you know, but, uh, they, that's how they get you know through it faster and i'm like how do you still two books in one day you know no, that's too much yeah i was like i mean i, don't, I, mean, I can watch 16 episodes of netflix in one day <laughs> yeah that's different though <laughs> yeah uh, who needs sleep yeah who needs sleep yeah i know i've been been watching uh, been watching a show lately i did um Shit's Creek late, uh, recently oh did you like it we haven't watched that yet oh my we god we just finished uh blacklist which is amazing so that's on my list yeah no I I had heard it uh, um that it's been really good and everything so I'm like let's just give it a try and we binged it it's uh Netflix had it only through season five and season six just finished and it's yeah so I'm waiting for it but yeah it's so good you need to watch that was us in blacklist we decided Mm -hmm. to watch blacklist like I want to say you know like day two of shelter in place (laughs) (laughs) And it became a joke because 
I have this, like, I have these two friends, Lee Shen and Parker S. Huntington, and they'd be like calling me and they'd be like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I really can't talk to you. They're like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm watching Blacklist. And it became like, like they would just like make fun of me because it didn't matter what I was doing. Like all I would do is wake up. I I have two children. I don't know what the hell they were doing during those hours. (laughs) We'd wake up and from beginning, we'd make breakfast, sit down, watch TV, make lunch, sit down, watch TV. We finished, we caught up in like, I want to say eight seasons in like a week or two weeks. It took us two weeks to do eight seasons. And it was like, I don't, it was like my kids had to fend for themselves. <laughs> like they were just like alone in the house. <laughs> we, we were awful. Oh, my kids no. are like, is it done yet? I'm like, almost. <laughs> so, yeah. It, it's, yeah, well, when you find a show, you know, it's the same thing now, like with um, Shit's Creek, it's really funny, but it's also, it has this sarcasm and it, and it has this, you know, little moment yeah. where you're going, damn. Um, but it's really good. It's, it's smart writing. Cause that's the other thing that I don't like when things are like dumbed down. Well, that's why we like blacklist and yeah. it's just such a smart show. And mm-hmm. the delivery of the main character, which is played by James Spader mm-hmm. is just on point. Yeah. He delivered, no one delivers a line like he does no, yeah. and he makes the show and it's just so brilliantly done that I'm just, Oh wow. You know? And it's, it's, more of like every episode is a different case. And I just, I love the idea. I I like suspense, which is why I'm trying to like make my books more suspenseful. I love suspenseful stories in which you don't know what's going to happen and you don't know who the villain is. And it's like my favorite thing in the world to read and uh, to watch. So I'm trying to like move my books in that direction. (laughs) I mean, you're spending how many hours writing a book? It should be something that you enjoy, you know? Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, so I've always loved billionaires, and I obviously, and I've always loved alpha assholes. <laughs> right? I just love them. So, which is funny because I did not marry an alpha asshole. <laughs> My husband is like the nicest person in the whole entire world. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but I love to read those. So I just, you know, it's, I love that suspenseful type of story. So now I'm writing that type of story now. I think as, as writers, we have to like, you know, we have to write what we love. And if that changes, you, you adapt to it too and write something different and still that you love, you know, because it makes it enjoyable. Exactly. Otherwise, I think we can tell when the author's not enjoying what they're doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You can, as a reader, I can tell. Yeah, I was like, no, just to go, just stop. Do us all a favor and just write what you want. What would you like to do? So much much better. Um, Here's a question that I'd love to see what you're going to share because it's interesting enough with the following. So as an author, I I hear a lot that, oh, I don't read my reviews. I don't read my reviews. I don't read my reviews. Oh my God, I read my reviews. (laughs) Okay, well, okay, well, that's good because it's perfect because the question is, when it comes down to reviews, what exactly should a person consider when writing it? Like, what would make, besides the whole, like, oh my God, it's so awesome and, you know, everything was great. So what do you consider to be a good review, you know, written review? First of all, I want to know emotionally what they got from my story, right? Mm -hmm. So 
I love reading reviews in which they tell me they cried, they were on the edge of their seat, they felt like I sucker punched them, but then I healed them at the same time. Love reading those reviews. They're my favorite reviews in the whole entire world to read. I like clap for myself, like, yes, she cried. <laughs> oh, well, sorry. That's not what I, I didn't say that. Um, yeah, you did. I did. I totally you did. love that. <laughs> right? Like, and that's like the positive review. Like, there's nothing, like, I love book, I love reading reviews where the reader tells me in the review that they had no idea what was coming. And I'm like, okay, thank God, because that's really what I was going for. I really didn't want you to see that coming. So I really, really, really love reading that they were completely su surprised and it was suspenseful and it was a page turner, you know? And then there's also, you know, you know, I obviously read my one-star reviews or my two-star reviews or my three-star reviews, right? The constructive criticism. Mm -hmm. I don't like the reviews that have nothing to do with like, I mean, and it happens to every author. It's 100% like attacks on the author. Right. Yeah. And I don't really feel like that has a place in reviews. Correct. Right. Um, but you know, you look for other things uh, and I look at it constructively. I do find it very interesting that for some people you'll have a review that will say the book was too fast. And then you'll have the same review uh, uh, right above that says the book was too slow, <laughs> right? So it's, so I find that to be fascinating, right? Like, you know, my slow burn, I write slow burns. They're longer books. They're 95,000 words. You know, they're, they're not short books. They're longer books. I mean, they're not 150,000. They're not like three books in one, but they're longer books. So, and they are slow burns. My characters typically don't I've, I've written books that were faster. The Lancaster series that I have, those were faster stories, right? They tended to hook up a little bit faster. But most of my books, I would say 90% of them, are a slow burn, like a trickle, like, you know, it's, it's, it's a forbidden romance, you know? And so, you know, it always fascinates me when, when readers will say the book is too slow you know, and, and then at the same time, someone will say it went too fast. And so it just, I, I look at it more for constructive criticism for pacing, right? Like, okay, so I thought it was okay that this was this slow in my head that worked, but apparently maybe I should reconsider when I make my, like, how much is too much angst? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, like, that's something that I look for in constructive criticism. You know, you do look for certain things. Well, that's good too, because I know that uh, I, I don't agree with those attacks that they do. Uh, unfortunately, some people do that. Um, I also am, a, it's a review, so it's an opinion of something. And you know what to say about yeah. opinion. Everybody has one. Um, yeah, there's no question. There's tons of books mm -hmm. that I love that other people don't exactly. and vice versa. Right. Yeah. And so I don't, I don't take it personally necessarily. Like if someone thinks that my book is too slow, it wasn't the right book it's a slow burn. If you wanted them to have sex in chapter one, that wasn't going to happen with my book. Sorry. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and you know, like, and that's okay. You know, there is a story for you and there is a book that you will love. And I'm happy you gave my book a try, but that's just not my type of writing. It's, and there's nothing wrong with that. Listen, everybody has different types. I love different types of books. I love bully books. Not everybody loves bully books, right? <laughs> right. But, but, but I do read them. I know a lot of my friends do not read reviews and I do. And not all the time. Like now it's, my book is two weeks old. I have, you know, over a hundred reviews, so I'm not reading them all. Right. 
but like in the beginning I do read them and I do I'm guilty of if I do get a review that's three stars or below I will like click on it to see what's the deal and sometimes I'll be like why did I do that that was horrible like I really shouldn't have done that and then other times I'll be like okay maybe I didn't word this properly in my blurb that they didn't realize right like yeah like a constructive review would be like you know them saying they didn't think the the book was uh dark and I was like well I didn't really say it was going to be dark so maybe I needed to market this better right maybe they just misinterpreted that right like you know whatever it is I mean obviously I you know maybe I did something poorly with you know, the way I expressed what the book was about somewhere, you know, and so they thought they were going to get something else. And so that's a constructive criticism, right? But not really, because it's an opinion. They didn't like it because of X, Y, Z, but maybe it can help me in the future with the way I word things in an advertising or promo campaign, right? So that's why I look at things, not necessarily for, you know, the fact that like, you know, somebody doesn't, they, they don't like the fact that my book takes place in New York. You know, like, I, that, that's, I'm not going to be able to change that. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but like, you know, maybe it's something that helps me in the future to figure out what I'm doing, you know, for the next book. I don't know. But I, I do, I, maybe I'm a glutton for punishment. Maybe that's it. <laughs> you know, but, but I mean, it's, it's, we write the reviews and, um, you know, I know a lot of authors don't read them, but at the same time, I kind of like the idea that you guys would read the reviews that we wrote. And if there is some, I read, I read, I do read all of my good reviews. I do yeah. all of them. Every exactly. last one of them. Yeah. And it's interesting. So do you consider a three-star review? Cause that's, that's like an ongoing conversation, whether a three-star review Honestly, is actually a good or bad. I, I, it, so a three-star review, in my opinion, it depends on the review. Okay. <laughs> right. Right. So, and so I do read three stars because I'm very curious of why it was a three-star because I find that three stars are very helpful for the author, right? Typically the person really enjoyed their, your book, but it wasn't, first of all, four stars are great, right? Four stars are a great book because I mean, unless, you know, some people, you know, give four stars and their four stars is a five star to them. They loved it. It was amazing. Like, you know, but the three star, it kind of gives you a good indication of like what, what you did that maybe you could change in the future. Now that's not to say I would change anything about my books. Like sometimes I just can't, like there's nothing I would be able to do to change that for the reader because that's my style. Right. And so like the three star was like, I really love this book. This plot was amazing. I got this one for conceal. Obviously, This is a real review. I can't go into more detail other than the fact that they love the plot. They love the story. The reason it was a three star was because it wasn't in third person. <laughs> <laughs> and so I thought to myself you know what this is a really great three-star review because I'm never going to change that (laughs) right but I know you loved my story and I know you loved it and you should like you know the thing is is that's why there's a sample right like they could have read the sample and saw that it was first person present tense and they don't like it but at the same point it's great because I know that the story was good Yep. And it's just, that's a preference. Exactly. Right. That's a personal preference. And so I do like to read three stars. I mean, I don't love to read one star reviews, (laughs) (laughs) but every once in a while I will do it because sometimes I do walk away with really good critiques, especially not as much now. Now 
a one star is pretty much something I can't change. It usually has to do with how like the slow burn of a book. They wish that they had gotten together faster, you know, that kind of thing. That's not my story. You know, so, but I do, well, I will read them just again, a glutton for punishment. And I think it keeps me humble. <laughs> right? well, yeah. Well, I think also too, it's, it's, it's great that you're looking at it that way. And I, you know, I, I kind of wish that maybe more authors looked at it that way, but you also have to have a thicker skin because people are, can be mean. Um, oh yeah. I had know? one person, I had one review for one book where they said that the author was full of herself with her verbose writing. <laughs> and I said, okay, <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's okay. interesting, that might actually make me want to pick it up because that's, you know, smart Right, writing. that's what I thought. I was like, and I, had a, I have another review where they said the plot was too twisted, too intricate, and too much detail. And I was like, well, thank you. Yeah. Thank exactly. you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've seen reviews where they're like, it's too much sex. I'm like, I'm buying that one. Um, well, that, for, me, for me as a reader, yeah. I love to read one star reviews and I click on more books because of one star reviews. So for me, I oh, that's one of the reasons I do look at the one star reviews, right? Because for me, all I got, and I actually copy and pasted that review that I just told you and told my friends, this is the best one star review that any person could ever have Yep. because she didn't like my book because it was too intricate. The, the, the plot was too detailed. It was too twisted. And I was like, this is what I wanted. This is exactly what I wanted. Thank you. Thank you, one star. I want to thank you because that means I did my job and I wrote the book that I wanted. And for, as a reader, because, you know, obviously I read a book a day. <laughs> <laughs> I, anytime I read a review in which they talk about how the guy is the biggest jerk in the whole entire world, <laughs> <laughs> and it's borderline abuse, right? Like, and that it's one time. I'm like, I'm like, yes, yes, I will. <laughs> and then if it usually if it starts off with like he kidnapped her and he was the biggest jerk, I'm like, what's up? Go. I mean, yes, best, yes, quiet. <laughs> you had me at jerk. Yeah, you had me at jerk. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've done that too with the audiobook sometimes where I read the reviews and they're saying, oh, they, the author used the F word um, too many times. And I'm going, well, A, I use it as a noun, adjective, verb, pronoun. And it is all of those things. <laughs> exactly. And then I'm like, well, who's the narrator? And I'm going, oh, it's Shane. Yes, please. <laughs> well, that's why we added the fucking extra ex five times. Exactly. no one says it like he does. He does. Yeah. We, we consciously did that, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I added one a chapter because I needed to hear him say it. Yeah. every chapter. <laughs> exactly. I actually told him there were certain words that I never had in my books, certain words, you know, that describe the male, you know, mm -hmm. whatever. And I specifically uh, added them just to hear him say them. <laughs> <laughs> Only in his books. <laughs> You will notice a you yeah. will notice a few a few four letter words right that mm -hmm. are only in Shaney's books because yeah. I just wanted to hear him say it and he's like wow thanks okay good to know yeah <laughs> he's like so Zachary didn't have to do this I was like no I'm sorry no, no. I just wanted to hear you say it yeah well you'll learn too that Zach also has a, a few um, words too that people love to hear him say really what yeah. send a list yeah I will and then and I'll send you the one for um, for <laughs> for Jason Clark. Because that's another one too that he can say that uh, the fuck really good. You know what? 
Sebastian York says a really good f bomb. Yeah, he there's he f bombs like it's like it's mm. it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I add a lot of those when he's. <laughs> I, I like I'll, I'll like start off a chapter with it just to hear him say. It. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but again, that's also where it comes into the dynamic of you writing a book that is specifically knowing that it's going to be an audio and knowing who you're casting for it. And, oh yeah, hundred percent. You know, so that's you know we love them for one of the many reasons why we love a Jason or a Joe or a Shane is because of sort of the things, how they say it. And, you know, for the authors, it's a smart thing to do. <laughs> you know, there should be, there should be a list in yes. like a group that says for, for us authors, yes. like if you're going to hire Shane or Joe or Sebastian or Jason, these are their words. These are yes. the words as readers that we need. Mm -hmm. You need to check them all off. Yes. <laughs> right? Minimum of like, one per like, chapter. Like, like a minimum of what? Like, you know, like a, like a study sheet. Yeah. You know, like just like one of those like little cheat sheets. And when I'm writing, I'm like, okay, so I hired Joe and Joe says, oh, that's what Joe says. Good. Okay. I'm going to make sure to slip that in at least six times in this book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is something we should create. Should, yeah, yeah. I will, I I will like help you set that up if you want. To I think too. it's, I think it's important. Yes, yes, yes. Again, it's just one of those things. I mean, and like, who's, oh, Emma Wilder, her guy voice. Oh my God. And also her own so voice. So she She's is one of the people I met and I adore her. Yes. I met author. her when I was in LA and she is just amazing. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Like talk about girl crush. I yeah. just fell in love with her. Mm-hmm. She's fantastic. And she has not only does the guy voice, because that's also a pet peeve of mine when the opposite sex doesn't do the voice correctly of their opposite yeah. sex that they're narrating. And she has such a sexy, silky, hus like lower range voice. I'm going to message her right now and be like, will you do a man? <laughs> you do Hi. Hi. Will you talk to me? <laughs> Say this word in your best male raspy voice. Yeah. <laughs> But they can also say it in their the best female voice. That's the other thing too. That it's like, wow. I mean, I'm straight. I like my team. Well, that's know? exactly like I, you know, and even emotionally, like yes. when I, I like emotionally, like Andy, she can make me cry, and I know what's happening. Like mm -hmm. she can make me cry when I know what I know what's gonna come when I'm proofing my audiobook. I wrote the damn story, and yet she <laughs> still made me cry, yeah. which I just think her performance in intention like mm -hmm. had me on the floor you know what i mean like she yeah. just killed it and obviously shane you know he did an amazing job as well but yeah. she had me, right. like <laughs> sobbing he was okay it's all right <laughs> he was decent <laughs> yeah but she had me like crying and i told her i was like this is yeah. just i mean to have you someone read your words and make me cry this much is just you know a talent yeah. it is yeah emma has such a great um also timing when it comes down to the sarcasm as well as some of those really quick witty funny lines yeah she's on yeah. she's on my list of yeah. i was saying remember i said there was people i met and i just love her and like i hope that one day in the future you know hopefully 21 or 22 i'm able to write a book that would do her justice you know and just be able to cuz you know she's very funny and so, you know, it really has to be the right book, you know? So like the girl has to be snarky and witty and funny. And so like, it would just have to be the right book, but I hope that one day I'll be able to work with her because she really is amazing. Yeah. And in the meantime, we get to listen to her. So, hey, <laughs> bonus, right? Exactly. A win-win yes. situation. 
Yes, exactly. Yeah. I would love to see that list of yours, <laughs> of your, the, the narrators that you want to. Uh, I have a long roster. list. I'll send them to you and you can yeah. tell me what, what books you think that, what type of books. I'll send you a list of the Perfect. names that I want to work with and you can tell me what type of characters they work, they do best. Awesome. I will do that. Yes. That sounds like fun. I love homework <laughs> like that. <laughs> so now you have two assignments. Yes. You spoke, on, you spoke on the phone with me and you got two assignments. Damn. One, you have to come up with the best words that Joe, J- Shane, Emma, Andy, mm-hmm. uh, Sebastian, the best words they say. Okay. Yep. And two, you have to come up with the characters they do best. <laughs> awesome. I'm there. Excel spreadsheet will be done. <laughs> It's color coded. Yeah, mine's are. <laughs> I knew it. I knew you yeah. had that person. Yeah, what do they say? A, a lady in the streets and a freak in the spreadsheets. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Well, Megan. Tusi, yeah, Megan Tusi is because um, her background was in like in corporate world before getting into the whole narrating thing. And so when she and I were talking, we discovered that we both love to do the <laughs> the whole spreadsheet thing. And yeah. Uh, it's really how I keep things straight because there's just so many things going on at the same time. But yeah, I, I'm the girl that will color code things. But you get exactly what you want. You'll get that list, you know, and then you can organize it how many, however you want, by the asshole, by the witty girl, whatever. So you'll be fed. I'm excited. Yep. This I'm- is my highlight <laughs> for the rest of the year. Oh, damn, girl, no. <laughs> Oh my goodness. You know, it's the little things that make us happy at this time. That, that is true. It is those little things. It's just those little moments. Um, and that's also where I love this, you know, the community because they're so funny and people are so passionate about the audiobooks that there's always, if you say, hey, I want a snarky asshole hero, people will automatically say, bam, these are the ones that you have to read. And your name's always yeah. in those lists. So that's also something that's great. Um, so that's why I love that community. It's very much of involving and they have the passion and, and they I have to have tell fun. you, it's, it really is beautiful. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think there's any other word. I was tagged so many times recently in oral fixation for corrupt kingdom. And every time I get ta- like tagged and normally I'm not tagged. Like I, the, re- the listener doesn't know to tag me, but somebody will come into the comments to be like, Ava, you need to read this post. And, you know, and it's not necessarily, it's, it's about Sebastian and Ava, obviously, you know, because the narration, but it's just so nice to be like, you know, to have such, they're so enthusiastic, all the listeners, they love it. And, you know, I just love it. It's, I think it's one of the reasons that, you know, sometimes I'm like, I'll be like, basically like crying on a deadline. And my husband like looks at me, he's like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? And I'm like, because it needs to be perfect for Sebastian and Ava, right? <laughs> because, because so many people are looking forward to having it be perfect for Sebastian and Ava. I don't know if so many people, but, you know, people are looking forward to it. You know, mm-hmm. those people I've told that that's what it's going to be. So, you know. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure. But, you know, it's, <laughs> but it's worth killing it. it. Exactly. I'm telling every time someone says anything about the book or the audio it's just like okay all those endless nights of you know of editing you know it's I mean I I edit for a full I edit my books for one full month to make it the way that I want it and so it 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 makes it worth it you know that's good it's also that's that's a nice thing like it is to find that to know that it's worth it and as long as you're still happy at the end of it that you still want (laughs) to go and get the next book written that's also a good sign 
Yeah. yeah. Sometimes <laughs> I'm like, I'm never doing this again. I'm so tired. And yeah. then a week later, I'm like, so I just spoke to Kim at Lyric and I hired <laughs> XYZ. <laughs> <laughs> and I then thought my you were doing like, anymore, I huh? You were never doing it again. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, yeah. okay, fine. <laughs> I was full of crap. Yeah. Well, we appreciate that, and we love that. You know, it's, it's a labor of love, and it's a reason why it's called that. It's a labor of love. Yes. You know. Yes. Okay. So there's something that I like to do with all my guests uh, towards the end of the show is um, play a little game with them. And, okay. And so I have the Would You Rather game. So if you're up for it, we can do a couple of those. Yes, of course. Cool. So would you rather always be 10 minutes late or always 20 minutes early? Oh, 20 minutes early. You say that like <laughs> I'm <a bitch>. painfully, <laughs> I am painfully early. Yeah. No, I'm not one to talk on the same way. <laughs> you know what? I actually joke because I say to my husband, like, we need to stop this. We need to stop. We need to be the people who are late. And then he turns to me and he's like, Ava, you hate being late. And I'm like, okay, fine. And we're always 20 minutes early. Always. We've, we've shown up to bridal like rehearsal dinners, like an hour before the bride got there. This is us. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can always count on you then to be there. So that's always a good thing. <laughs> yes. Yep. Would you rather be able to teleport anywhere or be able to read minds? Oh, Honestly, I'm going to go teleport. Mm -hmm. I really don't want to know what people think about me in their <laughs> I am a, I, I love to travel. I love to go places. I hate to fly, right? And so I travel, I travel a lot. I travel at least minimum of four times a year to see my family. And then at least four times a year with my, with the, on vacation. Mm -hmm. And so that's like eight times a year. I basically travel probably more than that. I probably wind up traveling once a month. Wow. And so for someone who hates to fly, that's really hard. Yeah. So I would take teleporting every, any day, all day over ever hearing what anybody thinks about me in their head. <laughs> I, I'm there with you. I would do the same. Right. Yep. Would you rather never have to clean a bathroom again or never have to do dishes again? Oh, <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> um, Honestly, I, I feel like dishes, <laughs> I don't want to do dishes. <laughs> I know that sounds weird. So I have like this, like OCD with food on dishes and water. <laughs> My New York just came out with that water. Yeah, water. Um, <laughs> yeah, water. <laughs> and sometimes it comes out more than others. I, I don't like wet paper towel. It skeeves me out and I don't like wet food on dishes. And so I like, I will put away the dishes and my husband will put them in the dishwasher or at least he'll rinse them off like a conveyor belt. He'll rinse them off, pass them to me. I'll put them in the dishwasher. Mm -hmm. I have no problem cleaning toilets. I just put those big giant rubber yellow gloves on, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Oh, the things you learn. So that, yeah. <laughs> like the giant ones, you know, the ones that come up to your like elbow. Yeah. And then you get the brush. And you just, you know, spray it and just let it sit for 20 minutes and then scrub it out. That's easy. But there's yeah. something about wet food. <laughs> we all have something, right? We all have our thing. I have a lot of something. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, would you rather be invincible, I'm sorry, invisible or fast? Uh, invisible. I would rather, because then you, 
Yeah, I, yeah, invisible is a good one. I think it's better than being fast because then you can like sneak up on people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Which kind of contradicts my I don't want to read heads. <laughs> yes, but still, you know, it's a little different. It makes sense. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, would you rather lose your sense of touch or your sense of smell? Okay, wait. wait. <laughs> so I don't get to touch anything ever again or I can't well, your sense anything. you know how you know how you have people that are, are really well bad, the like... problem is if you can no longer smell you can no longer taste yeah mm. so that's a hard mm. one I, I mean you know I really like to eat <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm gonna have to go with I'd, I'd get rid of touch sorry sweetie wherever you are honey <laughs> <laughs> well the, the sense of touch it means that you could go into like you can you know touch something that's really hot, cold and you wouldn't tell you wouldn't be able to know or you can touch yeah, something yeah, yeah. really I'm hot good. and not burn I'm yourself. I'm my decision. Yeah. I'll never touch so. anything ever again. <laughs> <laughs> as long as I could taste that cheesecake. <laughs> yeah. Hey, priorities for sure. <laughs> right. Priorities. Would you rather always be hot or always be cold? Always be cold. I hate being hot. Yeah. All right. Last one. Would you rather have a personal chef or a personal masseuse? Personal chef. Cool. Again, I really like to eat. <laughs> like a lot. <laughs> so I've been doing, okay? Yep. You want to know the real answer of what I've been doing during quarantine? It's eating. I have been eating a lot. <laughs> you know, we do what we can with what we have and, what, you know, while yes. we do it. So no worries. Yes, there, exactly. Sure. The things that make us happy. Exactly. So before we go... Um, if you can share, of course, what are you working on next or what comes out next for you? Oh, you know, you caught me at a bad time because I just released a book. Yep. And so I don't, I'm not ready to say, okay, fine. I'll give you a little, I'll, I'll do it here. I'll, I'll do the announcement here. Yeah, and, and also this um, is going to come out in June. So it's, you know, we still have a little bit of wiggle room there too. I mean, I probably still wouldn't have announced it, but I might as well announce it now because, you know, um, <laughs> I am working. I am working on a, uh, a spinoff of Corrupt Kingdom. It's going to be a complete standalone. And it is actually one of his associates. It is um, going to be Alaric from Corrupt Kingdom story. Huh. And you heard it first. Oh, thank you. Yay! I'm so excited. Not even the narrators know who they're playing. <laughs> <laughs> See, great, awesome. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate that. I like it when authors do spinoffs. You know, it kind of gets a little different. Well, world. it's it. You know what? It it. I love to do cameos. I love to throw in every one of my books. Somebody from a different book shows up. It's like an Easter egg, <laughs> right? And so I love doing that. And so even though they're standalones, like this is really a standalone. Like there is no, it's not, there are no family members. It's nothing like that. It's a real standalone. However, it's an associate that was in the other book. So you got to know him a little bit. Mm -hmm. No spoilers, right? But at the same time, he gets his own story. That's awesome. <laughs> and I'm excited. Yeah, no, me too. I can't wait. And then I can't wait until you actually announce who the narratives are going to be and get to see that cover. It's all a process that I was like, you get a little closer, you're going, hey. <laughs> oh, I will tell you again, just to, because now at this point, I'm just giving it all away. <laughs> <laughs> I have been, I have been 
I don't even know the right word for what I have been drooling over this cover for four years, I think, this image. At least four years, maybe three. I have been in love with this model. At, the, at this very moment, now this could change. He hasn't been on any cover, right? right. It could change. I mean, you know, the book doesn't come out until freaking October. <laughs> for all I know that, you know, he'll, he'll do a cover tomorrow. Yeah. But he hasn't been on a cover yet. I've been in love with him for four years. Wow. <laughs> I um, couldn't see what character he could ever, at the time when I fell in love with him, he just didn't have the look of any of the characters I had previously written. And the moment I decided to take a different step, I was like, this is the character I want him to be. But I hadn't, I, you know, I had to contact his modeling agency and basically like beg, plead and like offer them like my kidney. <laughs> but now that I've officially signed the contract, right? Yeah. And he's mine. Um, I, it, it is my, and he's mine. Mine. I, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> mine. Yeah. Um, he is amazing and it is my and I hate to say this because I poor poor every other cover of every other model before this <laughs> he is my favorite <laughs> yeah well you mean he's you, that you, good yeah wow oh I cannot wait cannot wait I'm blushing just <laughs> thinking about it oh wow I always yeah, like it I'm when excited. an author blushes. That means a lot because of the stuff that you write sometimes. I'm going yeah, I know. Blushing. I'm, wow. I'm, I'm blushing, which is why I'm so excited to start writing. Is it May 1st yet? Because I am so excited for him. <laughs> yeah. Well, a couple more days. A couple more days. You know, <laughs> I'm recording now. So you'll, you'll, you'll have them soon. Yeah. Enough. Yeah. <laughs> Thank well, you. I'm yeah. <laughs> I'm excited for you. I'm excited for you. And I'm excited for us as the listeners and the readers. Because again, we love it when you guys are excited about stuff. So that makes it even better. Our on our end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Ava, for being uh, for being my guest uh, for this year's audiobook loving series. And thank you for also coming back because Shane is part of this world of mine. So you know the fact that you guys did that um, interview was also really much fun. So thank you for yes, being that was so much fun. And thank you so much. And this has been so much fun. So thank you for having me. Well, thank you. Until next time, happy listening. Thank you for joining us in the Audiobook Lovin' series, hosted by Viviana, Enchantress of Books. We hope you have enjoyed this episode, as well as the series. We've included audio samples of our guests' work within the post for you to check out. Please make sure to visit the main page, link within the post, to learn more about the series, the authors, and the narrators. Please consider leaving a review wherever you listen to the series if you enjoyed today's episode. Make sure to follow us on our social media platforms and subscribe to the Viviana Enchantress of Books newsletter. Until next time, happy listening. Audiobook Lovin' hopes you've enjoyed this program. 